The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Family Matters with your host, Dr. Virginia Collin. In this program, we will explore some of the challenges families face and the solutions they create in today's world where marriage, parenting, and family forms are not what they once were. Now, here is Dr. Virginia Collin. Welcome to Family Matters. I'm your host, Virginia Collin, professional family mediator. My guest today is Liam Naden, who is a marriage and relationship coach. He specializes in helping couples and individuals to save and strengthen their marriages when the relationships get into trouble. He has published a number of Kindle books, including The Sexless Marriage Cure and the number one bestseller, How to Save Your Marriage When Your Spouse Doesn't Want To. Welcome to the show, Liam. Thank you, Virginia. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I've got to say, those are some great book titles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, catchy, aren't they? I guess they address uh, problems that people have, so... uh, it's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, they sell well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it, mm. Is there a short version of the cure for a sexless marriage? I mean, can you tell um, me on air, uh, you know, the basic idea? What's the cure idea? for a sexless marriage? Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, the short answer, I believe, is, and, and funnily enough, many people who read my book, The Sexless Marriage Cure, have commented that it actually doesn't have a lot to do with sex. Because I think the short answer that really a sexless marriage, the lack of sex is usually um, a symptom of what's going on in, in the wider wider situation of their relationship. So I think, you know, the sex is what goes when the communication, the affection, the alignment, the priority when really you stop making your marriage relationship the most important thing, the most important connection that you have, um, that's when everything else goes and, and that's when the intimacy disappears. So if you really want to restore the the sexual relationship that you have in your marriage, you've really got to look at, at uh, restoring all of the other things that are contributing to the lack of interest in sex rather than just um, addressing that directly, I think. If that Good makes answer. Sense. I'm impressed. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've read a lot of things. People talk about, you know, get out the massage oil and light some candles and and be romantic. But but if you're not really in the mood for that, and if, if there are too many other things going on in your relationship or not going on, then then it's very difficult to just uh, you know for that to be truly spontaneous and meaningful for both parties. So so that's really, I think, at the heart of it. I see. Okay. Um, I'm curious, what started you on the path to becoming a relationship coach? Right. Well, many of the people that you possibly, who, who are relationship coaches, I hear stories, you know, they say they've been married for 
for 35 years and never had an argument with their wife and have a wonderful relationship and, and sound very successful at relationships. I really came at it from the opposite end of the scale, being a complete failure at relationships. And in fact, <laughs> the story I tell, tell people, often, which is true, is that not so many years ago, um, after having had a fit, what I thought was a fairly successful life, I found myself living on uh, and sleeping on the couch in my mother's small apartment, my elderly mother. I was in my late 40s at the time, and um, I'd lost everything. I'd lost all my friends, all my possessions, and I had substantial possessions. I lost all my income. Um, I'd lost everything. And not only that, but I was fighting bankruptcy, and even worse, I was actually fighting two ex-wives in court at the same time. And, you know, <laughs> so what life was pretty What a nightmare. Terrible. It was. And uh, wow. talk about the ex-files. My, my daughter suggested to me uh, I, I uh, write a, ba- a book called The Battle of the Exes. But anyway, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so there I was, and I, I thought... And it was a real wake-up call, and I said, why is this happening to me? Why have I lost absolutely everything? You know, I've always studied excellence in every area of my life, and I've been very successful in every area. And what I realized was, though, was that the one area that I'd failed to master was relationships, how to find the right person, how to build the right relationship, and how to make that relationship develop and get better with time. And when you had problems, how to resolve those issues. And I realized also that what I I think is fundamentally true is that nothing is going to have a greater impact on your happiness and the the quality of your life than the quality of the relationship or marriage that you have. And I realized I'd lost everything because of my failure, if you like, to to create a successful relationship. So that really sent me on a on a real mission. I thought this is I'm not going to do this again twice as you know, enough for anybody to learn a lesson. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat this mistake. So I really went on a mission to discover what is it that makes a great relationship. And the way I did that was I started to look at at people and observe people and see primarily what was, were the few people who had fantastic relationships that I knew. Uh, what were they doing differently to the vast majority of people who were struggling and, and really ending up often very often in divorce or separation and having problems. So I went on a mission to really discover what what made a great relationship work. And initially I used that information for myself. That was my primary motivation. But I was so fascinated with the whole idea that after managing to create a wonderful relationship for myself that was very different to the ones I'd had previously, um, I really thought, you know, there's a lot of information here, a lot of things that I'd learnt that people people could probably benefit from, and certainly, you know, if I could help people not to have, have to go through what I went through, it would be very enriching and fulfilling for me and hopefully help other people as well. So, so that's really how I got started, and that's really where it's all snowballed from, um, and that's what I, I, of course, do now. I see. Um, would you like to say a little more about the work that you currently do? All right. Well, well, what I really mainly do, I have uh, most of my work is online because I I live in Europe, as you can probably tell from my accent. I'm a bit of a I'm uh, from a different part of the world. I'm from New Zealand originally, uh, but I currently live in Europe, and I found that 
by providing the information online, I can really help people all over the world. So on my website, I have a couple of marriage programs, and the main focus I find now is helping people, both individuals and couples, in a marriage or in a relationship, helping them to save their relationship. Because, you know, counselling is very good when two people are willing to to look at their problems and, and work on resolving them. But, but more often than not, you find that one person wants out of the marriage and the other person wants to save their marriage. And that's a very difficult situation. And that's really where I put my focus. So I have two programs, which are online programs. One's a seven-day and one's a 30-day. And they're really to help people put their marriage back together, either when both of the partners are willing or when one's willing and one's not. Um, and that's that's really the basis of my work. I do a podcast as well, which um, um, is about you know ideas for enriching and saving your marriage. It's called the Growing in Love for Life podcast, and a few other things. But all of them are on my website, and it's really, as I say, my focus is online help, if you like. So we should probably mention that your website is your name, LiamNaden dot com. So that's L I A M N A D E N dot com. Yep. Easy right. to remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, oh, wow. So are the two ex-wives um, settled now? They're, you know, content with how their lives are going and they don't bother you? No, yes, all that's in the past. I, I don't really focus on the past anymore and, uh, you know, all those lessons are behind me and I'm sure they have... I'm sure they're fine. Okay. <laughs> I don't uh, keep in great contact with them, to be honest, but uh, okay. uh, they're both in New Zealand, so, um, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, they're a ways away. So you made a mm. pretty huge statement that uh, the quality of your marriage is the most important thing that's going to determine the happiness of your life. Is, is, is that about what you said? I think the success of your life? There's obviously a deeper level, which is um, what creates true fulfillment for you personally. And and, and I think the other aspect is the relationship you have with with the other uh, intimate person in your life, whether in a relationship or a marriage, it's very much a reflection of the relationship you have with yourself. But I think if people were to think about it um, for a little while, they'd realize that it really is true that nothing affects what you do in your life more than the quality of your marriage or your relationship because that's really the reference point. And even when people say, oh, we, we live very independent lives, I mean, even that in itself um, indicates the role that their marriage plays in their life. And, I'm, and you know, I'm sure we'd all agree there's nothing more more wonderful than a truly satisfying marriage. It's what propels us and sustains us and really inspires us onto into becoming, you know, who we really are. So I do think it is a really critical element, if not, you know, up there with the most critical element that's going to determine how your life, uh, how you live your life. I'm I'm having a hard time with that notion, I'll confess, because Mm -hmm. it kind of makes it sound as if, if you're single... You can't be happy. You can't have a wonderful, successful, satisfying, fulfilling life. And I'm sure I know single people who do have wonderful, successful, satisfying, fulfilling lives. 
No, I'm not really saying that. What I am saying is if you are in a relationship, then the quality of that relationship is going to determine to a very large extent how happy you are. So certainly if you're single, you know, that's, that's, that's really a different thing entirely. And I'm not saying you can't be happy as a single person, but if you are in a relationship, that is going to have a profound impact on the way, you know, the way your life uh, is, turns out and the way your life operates. Okay, so that makes sense if, to me. If you decide, yeah, if you decide to be in a relationship, it's going to be profoundly impactful, <laughs> if you like. Gotcha. If, does that make sense, the difference? Yes, yes, that does, yeah. Mm. So I've... Um, I've talked with a few different folks on this radio program in different episodes about how to have a great relationship or a great marriage. Um, And some of them have uh, strong opinions about uh, what men want and what women want in marriage are different. What are your thoughts about that? Um, Well, a couple of things. I think... um there's a, I have a little bit of a problem in some ways with with stereotyping or categorizing what uh, you know men and women being different. Certainly, we are different, but I think we also need to look and and it's it's useful to look at at um, theories on the differences between men and women. But I think it's also very important once you look at those theories to apply them to your own relationship and say. Is this really true about us? Because I, you know, for instance, one of the um, one of the things we hear is that, that women like to talk and women are very emotional and and men are the people who don't express their feelings so much through emotion and that you know they need their space and to go into their man cave and all that sort of thing. But you know, I, I have observed many couples where the, the opposite is true, that it's the male who is the more emotional one. He does all the talking and he expresses himself through talking and it's the female uh, the woman who you know is the more reserved so and I have seen problems when people try and you know pigeonhole themselves into other theories so I think it's 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 really valuable to to look at these things look at these ideas but then it's important to to say well is this true about us? Can we use this information, these ideas, to learn more about us to, and, and about our relationship? And also to realize that if it doesn't apply to you or if, it's diff- if you're different, that there's nothing wrong with you. You know, it's, there are no rules, really, in, in terms of making your relationship work. There are some fundamental rules, um, but, but on a more superficial level, it's, it's more about figuring out what works for you and being really honest with yourself and with each other along the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I guess the, of, idea uh, that, the idea that I've heard from a number of people, and I'm sure you've read it a number of places too, is that in a marriage, very often women are looking for emotional intimacy and men are looking mm-hmm. for sex. Or sex and respect, and yes. I don't ascribe to that that view. Um, I think most people uh, want and value and benefit from emotional infancy, intimacy, not infancy, <laughs> intimacy. Um, most <laughs> most adults would like to have a good sex life. Most p- 
people want to be treated with respect. So I'm a little uneasy with the sex stereotyping, Mm. um, but I just wanted to get your perspective on it. (laughs) Well, I totally agree with you, actually, because when you think about it, as as human beings, we are all, male or female, we are all emotional beings. That's what a human being is. But it really comes down to saying, how do we express our emotion and how do we feel our emotion? But that's not to say we all don't have, we all don't operate primarily from an emotional level. And the, the same as we're all sexual beings, we all, you know, primarily operate with a sexual element as well. So I, th- I think you're absolutely right that it's, um, that men are no less emotional than women. Some men may express their emotion in, in, in different ways. Well, we all express our emotion in different ways, but that doesn't mean we're any less emotional. Mm-hmm. All right. We are going to take a short break now, and we'll be back to talk about what to do to make a relationship great and what not to do if you want to have a great relationship very soon. Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions, especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, Visit ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Colin has one L and no S. Family members too often find themselves in court arguing about separation, parenting schedules, financial issues, divorce, estates, or care of an elderly relative. There's a better way to solve a family problem. Work with a professional mediator in private, confidential meetings. To learn more, visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at apfmnet.org. That's apfmnet.org. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, Please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at com. Now, back to Family Matters. 
I'm Virginia Collin on Family Matters, talking today with Liam Naden, who is a marriage and relationship coach who specializes in helping people fix troubled marriages. So, let's see. In the first segment, Liam, you said that there are some fundamentals for relationships that apply for most people. What would those be? I think the um, there are probably two main fundamental things, I think, that make a relationship really work. The, the first is the, the desire to want to make the relationship work, if you like. <laughs> you know, and, and I guess that the greater the desire of both people who, to really want to be in that relationship and to really um, to make it their top priority, which I think is a, is a very important fundamental that I've noticed with people in great relationships, they actually put their marriage ahead of anything else, which doesn't mean they don't have anything else in their life, but it does mean that it's their fundamental priority. So I think the first thing is that there has to be, to make a great relationship, there has to be a fundamental desire on the part of both people to really want to have a great relationship with that person. So I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is there has to be, I think, um, fundamental honesty you know, we talk about honesty, and, but what does honesty really mean? I think honesty primarily is actually about being honest with yourself and saying, do I want to be here? Do I want to be with this person? And is this person really giving me what I want? Is, am I going to be able to make myself truly happy by being with this person? And are they, uh, is the other person going to be able to be truly happy with me? So, and... I often find people aren't honest with, on a deep level, they're not honest with themselves. And the reason for that is because they're afraid. You know, we, they have all sorts of fears about what might happen if, if they're not in their relationship or their marriage. But, but at the end of the day, you need to be totally honest with yourself and with your partner about, you know, what the relationship means, whether it's working, whether it's, it's giving you both what you truly want. And of course, that may change over time. And people change over time, and, and, but that honesty needs to stay there. So I think that, to me, they're the two fundamentals that, that I think make a relationship, uh, you know, that are, that are very important to making a relationship work. Okay. Um, I'll ask a tough personal question. There was a time in my life Ooh. when I was a single parent, um, and... Uh, I was starting to get involved with someone new, and I could not imagine having that person, the relationship with that person, be a higher priority than being a good mother to my children. Does that mean that the possibility for me to have a great relationship was seriously limited? Um, Sorry, just to clarify, so you're saying that um, should your, or could a relationship a marriage uh, relationship be a higher priority than being a parent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that the way the kind of human being I was at that time in my life, being a good mother mm. was my top priority. I would not consider making a new relationship more important than being a good mother. No, uh, well, that's fine. But you were not in a relationship. I'm, I'm presuming as a single mother. Well, I Is was it? exploring the possibilities. <laughs> Sure. Okay. But I think, um, again, and, you know, I talk to people who are in blended families, but, and the interesting thing is 
well, in general, being a parent, actually, I think the best thing you can do for, as a parent for your children is to set the example of having a good relationship and showing, that, showing them that the relationship comes first. I don't think that it's mutually exclusive putting your relationship first and therefore your, your, your role as a parent is going to suffer as a result of that. I think quite the opposite because when you're in a healthy, uh, wonderful, fulfilling relationship and, and that is your top priority and your children see that, they're going to be, uh, they're going to, I, I think, be better adjusted and, and you're going to be a better parent as a result of having that rather than, you know, trying to um, somehow think that, that you can put your relationship to one side and, and focus more on your children. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me it was that uh, the the guys I was dating had to understand that they could never be more important. <laughs> they could, the best they could do is right. be equal, equally important with my children. Yes, well, um, I think they're, they're certainly equally important, um, and the problem often arises when people make one or other more or less important, but I think... You can you can make your children equally important, but still your relationship the the, the, the fact that your relationship functions <clears throat> excuse me in the best possible way that's the best thing you can do for your relationship with your children as well. Okay, thanks. Um, that I knew that that was going to be a bit of a difficult question. Yeah, I, I so, think it's one of those questions we probably talked about for about three hours. <laughs> yeah, and actually, um, if. The, if that question is of interest to the listeners, then I would suggest that you look up the show I did with Patricia Pappernell because she talks about forming a step family in a successful way and, and explains a lot of things that are counterintuitive about how to do it right. So mm-hmm. we'll get back to relationships in general, <laughs> away from blended families okay. for a moment. Um so fundamentals would be both of you have to have a real desire to make the relationship work, to have the relationship be a top priority, and you need mm-hmm. to be honest with yourself about the the potential of the relationship. Um, and with and the yet, other person as well. And mm-hmm. honest with the other person. Good. I, you didn't say that before, mm-hmm. but I figured that was probably coming. <laughs> um, well, okay. So then you've also, but you've written this book about how to save your marriage when your spouse doesn't want to. And as you said, mm-hmm. sometimes one person wants to make the relationship work and the other one doesn't. What mm. do you do if you're the person who wants to make the relationship work? What do you do? Well, there's several things you need to do. And the first one is just what we're talking about. You need to be honest. You need to be honest with yourself and say, the other person doesn't want to be in this relationship or this marriage, and I need to accept that. You know, the problem is most people, when they're in the situation that, um, well, certainly most of the people that I talk to and see in this situation, <clears throat> excuse me, when if their wife or their husband comes along and says, you know, I want, want a divorce, their first reaction is to try and talk them out of it. And they, you know, they get all upset and they, they, beg them to stay and, you know, ask them to try counselling or see if they can work it out or, you know, or even worse, threaten them or do all sorts of things. But what they're basically saying is that they don't accept or want to accept the other person's decision. And 
really the counterintuitive thing you need to do is the first thing you need to do, and obviously I've got whole programs on on how to really do it in detail, but, but essentially the first thing you need to do is you need to accept that, that the other person isn't happy and you need to accept that they want to have a divorce. Now, that might obviously not be what you want, and it's probably the thought of having a divorce, and the reason you don't want it is because of all sorts of fears that you might have about what would be the consequences of you not being married to that person anymore. But the first thing you need to do is accept that that's what they, that's their decision, and you need to really, to be honest, you need to support them in that and show them that you respect them for that decision. Then you need to go to work on yourself, and you need to say, again, you need to be honest with yourself and say, if my husband or wife doesn't want to be with me, there's only one reason, they're not happy. So I need to figure out why they're not happy and why they can see that there is a better option for them to be happy with, with either with someone else or just on their own than being with me. So I need to look at myself and say, what is it about our marriage and what is it about me that is causing my, my husband or wife not to be, want to be with me? I mean, it really is as simple as that. And then you need to, to really look at it from their point of view and really identify those things and start to make some changes to yourself. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, many people try and change uh, change the mind of the other person or change the other person or, or, or whatever, but it's really about changing yourself and, and using it as a wake-up call, if you like, and say, I need to make myself the best option again so that my husband or wife doesn't want to leave. So I need to figure out what I need to do, what I need to change, how I can make our marriage a place where they want to be, not where they want to escape from. So I think that's really it in essence. Hmm, the short I'm, uh, version. I'm, I'm trying to digest that as you say it and noticing some resistance mm. in myself. Um, so I'm just thinking, all right, so my husband says he wants a divorce. I don't want a divorce. I thought we were doing okay together. So the solution is to figure out what's wrong with me and change myself. Hmm. Well, it's it's also it, what no. What it's really about is to say how if you want to save your relationship, if you want to save your marriage, it's about saying as a really just said, they're not happy. Why aren't they happy? Figure out why they're not happy. And a lot of it's going to be to do with um, your marriage situation and the way you're acting. And and they're the only things you can ultimately change. I mean, most people, they want to change their partner, but you can't do that. You can only change yourself. So it's not about saying, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm, I've stopped doing things that make them happy or I'm doing things that make them unhappy. There's nothing wrong with being honest with yourself and saying that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's about looking at it from their perspective and their point of view. And, so, and if you want to save your marriage, you, may, you might decide you don't. You might decide, well, you know, what they want isn't what I want to give them anymore. And that, again, takes another sort of honesty, which mm-hmm. is to agree with them that, yes, the end of your marriage is, is uh, probably the best solution. Mhm. Yeah, and and that does happen. Um that sometimes it's it turns out to be best for both people if they part ways. And oh, but sometimes oh, sometimes uh I gather people decide 
I do want to save this relationship and I am willing to change some things about my <clears throat> behavior uh, so that mm. so that my spouse will want to stay with me. Mm. That's right. I mean, I, I talk to people. Uh, it, it's quite, quite surprising how people be- become unaware. And again, this isn't a criticism, but we're all about honesty here. And, and you know, the, the thing I do with people is try to get them to be really honest because that's, that's the only way you're going to get meaningful change. But I talk to people where the husband, for instance, five days a week, he leaves home on a Monday morning and he gets back on a Friday night and he goes to work in another state in the United States. And he sees his wife, you know, a little bit on the weekends and he's exhausted from working all week. And then the wife tells him she's been having an affair and she wants a divorce and the husband is shocked. (laughs) But so that's a good example. And honestly, that's a a real example of um, the sorts of things I hear frequently. And people are surprised. Why does, their, why does my wife want a divorce? I'm working really hard for us. I'm, you know, out all week and I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm working at my job. But, they, and they, but that's about saying that they need to make some changes because how can you build a meaningful relationship with somebody if you're working away from home for most of the time and they hardly ever see you? So that's an example of what I mean about you've got to look at yourself and make some changes. And that comes down to, in that instance, the person saying, am I prepared to make those changes? Do I want to say, all right, I'm going to have to find another career or something where we can actually spend time together and we can have a, a relationship that is a high priority and therefore is going to develop and, and become emotionally fulfilling for both of us? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's a big challenge for the guy in the scenario that you have described. Because he's been doing what for a long time was the top expectation for what you're supposed to do to be a good husband, which is be a good provider. Um, so now he finds out that being a good provider means that he was absent so much that his wife got lonely and got involved with somebody else. Um, mm. So he's got to be dealing with a lot of anger and jealousy at the same time as he's figuring out, do I want to change my ways so that my wife would want to stay with me? It sounds like a very tough situation. Yes, <clears throat> yes it is. But I, I also think, you know, this thing about the husband's top role to, is to be a provider or um, I can't remember if they're the exact words you use, but, you know, we have these these ideas. That's, it's kind of an old-fashioned of, idea. <laughs> Sure, but but I think, and certainly the people I've talked to, you know, once they realise that, hey, maybe my role isn't to be a provider so much. Maybe that's not what what my wife really wants. We don't need the, um, you know, the the huge mortgage and the new cars every year, and the, you know, maybe what she really wants is um, an emotional connection with me, and maybe that's what I really want is an emotional connection with her. Mm-hmm. So we. So, therefore, I don't need to put this great um, pressure on myself to be the provider. And, you know, very often it's a great wake-up call for people that the track they're going down is really not doing either of them. They haven't really been thinking about it, but it's more about, well, let's just try this for 20 years and then we'll be all right and, you know, we'll be happy eventually. 
Um, <laughs> well <laughs> so, said. so it's a wake-up call for people to say, well, rather than, than, than follow this um, sort of unconscious behavior that really society often puts on us, um, let's figure out what we really want and what emotionally yeah. makes us feel good. And maybe it's ditching the job and, and selling up the house and buying a, buying a caravan and, you know, yeah. Well, I, the country. I, I, mean, I definitely love your idea about being honest with yourself about who you are and what you want and what you want to offer to your partner and being honest with your partner about that. And we're going to take a break mm-hmm. and come back and talk about that some more. Are you struggling with emotional, financial, and legal stress related to divorce? The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia by Virginia Collin and Rebecca Martin teaches how to handle these processes in any state with special attention to Virginia's laws. This book can help you take care of yourself, get free legal advice, develop a good co-parenting plan, keep expenses down, and arrange a do-it-yourself divorce. The Guide to Low-Cost Divorce in Virginia is available from Amazon for just $4.99. No one can tell you how much money you'll have or when you'll see your children, right? Sadly, that's wrong. It happens every day in divorce court. Don't let it happen to you. When dealing with separation, divorce, or co-parenting, there is a better way. Family mediation. Save time. Save money and make good plans for your children. Visit the Academy of Professional Family Mediators at apfmnet.org. That's apfmnet.org. Most adults are able to make good decisions about how their families can move forward. They do not need to rely on courts to make such decisions, especially in cases of divorce. Far too many people suffer unnecessary anguish because they do not know what family mediators can do. We help people discuss problems constructively in a private, confidential setting. We help them stop fighting and stay out of court. To learn more about mediation and other family matters, visit ColinFamilyMediationGroup.com. Colin has one L and no S. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to Family Matters. To reach Dr. Virginia Collin or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to radio show at collinfamilymediationgroup.com. Now, back to Family Matters. I'm Virginia Collin, talking today with Liam Naden on Family Matters. We've been discussing how to solve the problem when one spouse wants to leave a relationship and get a divorce and the other spouse wants to preserve the marriage. So we were just talking about um, one scenario where the husband's job is so consuming that it doesn't leave space for a good quality marriage. What are some of the other kinds of problems that people get themselves into without 
paying attention? Well, I think one of the, the, the problems, if you like, or one of the most common scenarios when one person wants to end the marriage is the so-called midlife crisis. You know, somebody just suddenly decides, I'm not happy, um, so I want to end, end my marriage. And, the other, and they sort of go to their husband or wife and, and tell them that, and, and the other person's in shock and say, well, I thought we were happy. We've got, you know, we've got the children off our hands or, the, or they're in school and they're doing well and we've got a nice house and I've got a nice job and you've got a nice job and you suddenly tell me you, you, you want, you, you're not, you don't love me anymore. You love me, but you're not... Or, yeah, you love me, but you're not in love with me, and you don't feel any passion anymore, and you want to leave. And that's very difficult, this midlife crisis thing, because very often what the person is dealing with, well, they, they are dealing with a person who doesn't know what they want. So they, just, they often think, because I'm not happy, uh, what can I change? Well, one thing I can change is my relationship or my marriage. So if I get rid of that, then maybe I will be happy. So that's a very difficult situation for someone to deal with if their husband or wife really has no particular, you know, you can point to when someone's, you know, working that when they hardly ever see each other, why that would cause a rift in a relationship. But but sometimes it happens out of the blue that, that a person just really goes off the boil in a relationship and just decides that they're not happy with their life and the way it's going and um, they want to change. And the, the easiest thing to change for them often is their marriage. So that's a very difficult situation for somebody. Yeah. As you can but imagine. why would you think that ending your marriage is, is what's going to make you happy? <laughs> you know? Well, I that, think for people, confused. you know, very, very often we feel out of control, you know, and we look at the, and so we, we feel, I've got all these pressures in my life. Um, I'm not happy, so I need to make a change. What's, what's something I can change? And very often it's easier for somebody to say they're not happy, or happy in a relationship than it is to change other aspects of their situation, even their career or, some, or something like that. So it, and it also tends to be the first thing people look at because, you know, essentially your marriage or your relationship, that's your emotional base, isn't it? So when you're not feeling good emotionally, that's where you look to change because you, that's where your emotions or your strongest emotions actually are or where you want them to be. So if, um, if you're not feeling good, it's uh, some, somehow the easiest thing for, for many people to look at their marriage and say, well, I'm not feeling good emotionally. You know, there's nothing better than a new, or there wouldn't be anything better than a new and exciting relationship with somebody new, so that's what I need to change. I see. And if you're the spouse who wants to preserve the marriage, how do you get this person having a midlife crisis to reassess? How do you, how do you get them to say, wait a minute, instead of ending this marriage, let's work on this together. Let's figure out what we need to change so that both of us can be happy with our lives. Mm. Well, the very first thing they, somebody needs to do is what I was really talking about earlier, which is not disagree with their decision. Because if you think about it, if someone comes to you and says, this is how I feel, if you disagree with them, you're really negating how they feel. And what tends to happen is that the walls come up even stronger. So if you resist your husband of your or your wife, say they want out, they're only going to give you more resistance. So... But you've really got to, you, the first step is you want to break down the resistance so you can make, 
you can create some willing communication from them. So you've got to start by accepting that they're not happy and that that's what they want. And if they, if they decide that they need to go off and do something else or, um, you know, ex- explore some other aspect which doesn't involve you or, in, or usually marriages don't end instantly, but if they want to go off and have an affair or if they want to <clears throat> um, do something that, you, that doesn't involve you, that you need to accept that they're going to do it and that if, the more you resist it, the more likely they are to uh, put up walls against you. So if you okay, can so overcome... Let, let me- let me try out a response and you tell me how it sounds. My, we're imagining here. My husband tells me he wants a divorce. He's not happy anymore. Then I might say, I'm surprised, but I, I hear what you're saying, that you're not happy. I don't want you to feel like you have to stay with me if you can't be happy with me. I want you to be happy too. Um. I wonder, would you be willing to explore with me what we might do differently so that you would be happy to stay? You could certainly do that. I think it's about gauging where every situation is going to be different because it's really about gauging where the other person is along the scale of how determined they are or, or how open they are to, to you. <clears throat> or how determined they are to leave. Because if someone has really emotionally checked out entirely mm-hmm. and if, whether or not they've got involved with someone else, but if they've really, really decided, you know, our marriage is over, I haven't, and, you know, people say this, I haven't um, enjoyed being with you for years, I haven't loved you for years or been in love with you for years, you know, if if you... It's very difficult, or it's not really going to work if you say to them, "Well, will you be prepared to to see if we can <clears throat> we can sort things out?" Because they've already decided clearly in their mind that you can't work things out. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? So yes, you, I do. I've, to, I've, in fact, I'm, I can't remember who said this to me recently, but it takes two to make a marriage, but. In the U.S., it really takes only one to make a divorce. If either person has decided for sure, I want to divorce you, they can make that happen. Um, yes, absolutely. And, 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 and again, of course, in that say, situation, they should seek a professional family mediator to help them do it at low cost and with minimum emotional damage. But it is true that if somebody has checked out, some marriages can't be saved. That's absolutely right. But funnily enough, um, very often what I see happening is when if the person who who doesn't want to end the marriage, if they handle this in the right way, by really allowing the other person to work through, if you like, their um, um, through their feelings and their emotional space in their own way, and and that person also. Um, so the person who wants to keep the marriage also works on themselves and says, well, you know, why do, this is a wake-up call. We haven't been, um, I haven't been doing some of the things that I should be doing, not only for this marriage, but for any other relationship I would be to have. So they're the things I need to change about myself if I want to um, have a successful relationship either with them or with anybody else and, and start to do those things. And, and very often what I see happening is when when a person in that situation starts to make the positive changes themselves and, and work on themselves, 
the other person who has checked out actually becomes a lot more positively responsive and, and very often they get back together. And in fact, quite often, and I was talking to a, a gentleman not that long ago actually who, who did my program and he was in the situation where his wife came along, is what we've been talking about, she having her midlife crisis and said, look, I don't love you anymore and I want to leave and I'm not involved with anyone else, but I'm going to, you know, start dating and I'm sorry it's all over. And he was, of course, devastated. He, he worked through the program, worked very much on himself. <clears throat> and the next time I heard from him, he said, um, look, I've got a big problem, Liam. Um, in the office where I am, all the women are flirting with me <laughs> <laughs> because he'd been working on making himself attractive and he also, by being learning to be really honest with himself, which is what the program, what, what, one of the things I really focus on, is, is getting people to be honest with themselves. What actually happened to this gentleman <clears throat> is he met somebody who was actually far more suitable to, for him than his wife was. And despite, you know, he'd had problems for years in the marriage with his wife, although it, wasn't, it was still a fairly healthy marriage, I think. Um, but he met somebody and he was astounded that this new person got on really well with him, shared the same interests, they clicked, there was, there was no um, sort of emotional problems or disagreements. She made him feel really good about being himself, about not about being someone he shouldn't be, but about being himself. She really respected and loved him for that. And so he got together with her and he, he was so much happier in this new relationship. And the next thing that happened was his wife, who'd said, oh, I mean, our marriage is over, I don't love you anymore, and I've, I'm leaving, and blah, blah. She came, she was the one who turned around and came running back and said, I decide, oh, I'm sorry, I've made a terrible mistake, I've decided I actually do want to be married to you, and let's go to a counsellor, let's work on it, please don't, let's end our marriage. And this is very often what happens is that when one person wants to leave a marriage, the other person becomes the one who chases them. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they, they chase them in terms of wanting them to stay. But if they turn around and become the sort of person who is happy in their own skin and is honest with themselves, can see an alternative for future for themselves to the point where they stop chasing their husband or the wife to come back, then that very often changes the dynamic, changes the power balance, if you like. And, and often when someone's not being chased they become the chaser themselves. And that's a, a common situation I see, or you know, I've seen it on a number of occasions, where the person who wants to leave, when, they're stopped, when they are stopped being pursued, then they're much more open to coming back. And in fact, they, they ultimately often become the one who tries to put the marriage back together after the, the other person has come to terms with the fact that the marriage is finally over. So now the gentleman in the scenario you've just described has a new problem. First he, he did. first, he didn't want yeah. to get a divorce, and now he's met somebody he'd rather be with, and his wife is coming back and saying, no, I changed my mind. Let's not get a divorce. Hmm. Now That's what's right. he going to do? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. Yes, if he's honest he with himself, he has said, to... I've got a problem. That's what I said to him. It's about being honest with yourself. And... The more you learn to be honest with yourself, the better your life turns out. I've really noticed that, not just with marriage, but in every area. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think this is one thing about success stories. What is success in a relationship? 
excuse me, in saving a relationship, often it's about realizing that um, it's not the right relationship for you. Mm-hmm. And instead of, you know, trying really hard and having a life that's full of difficulties, it's about realizing and having a belief that relationships don't need to be difficult. They don't need to be hard. If you're with the right person, they flow magnificently. You feel great and your life is great. And that's the way all relationships really should be. You would, I would think that, well, I hear a lot of people say that having a good relationship does take work. It doesn't automatically flow smoothly all the time. Um, mm. It's not a belief I agree with. Because you think end, it does just flow. All, all, huh. I can, all I can say is when I, I mentioned earlier how I got into this was observing what is it about, if, you know, you meet people sometimes who have this amazing relationship and they might have been together 20 years, but they're still really physical with each other. They're still really, really close. They're, they're very much in sync and they still, you can tell, still make each other their highest priority and they love being in their marriage. And the thing about those people is they don't seem to have many problems. They might have the odd disagreement, they might sort something out, but problems aren't the focus of their relationship. And if something comes up, they just go, usually, they brush it off. You know, <laughs> so I, and you'd have to say with those people, their relationship doesn't appear to be hard work at all. Okay. You know, they're not rolling their sleeves up and saying, right, we need to sort this out. They're just having fun. And they're okay, enjoying good to know. about each other. <clears throat> good to know. We've got about a minute left. Um, anything you want to add about friendship, conversation, listening, sex? <laughs> anything you want to add or repeat for emphasis? Well, I guess it's really just about saying, um, is my marriage the most important thing in my life? And can I make it the most important thing in my life? And do I want to make it the most important thing in my life? And am I really being honest with myself that I'm in the right relationship? <clears throat> and, um, you know, am I really doing everything that I should be to, to make it a great marriage for both myself and my spouse? Okay. Thanks very much. It's been good talking with you, Liam Nathan. Thanks very much for having me. I hope it's been helpful to the listeners. Thank you for joining us this week on Family Matters. Please tune in for another edition featuring host Dr. Virginia Collin next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be kind, heal, and grow. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.